on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Here it comes. Check swing. He went around on the splitter. And the ball game is over. Brewers had a lot of fight, had the bases loaded in the top of the ninth inning. But in the end, Hector Neris closes it out for Philadelphia. Final score, Phillies 4 and the Brewers 3. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City in Milwaukee with Jerry Augustine, here's Matt Pauley. 4-3 the final. Brewers had their opportunities today. They had opportunities there in the ninth inning. In fact, overall, they had runners on in scoring position a lot in this game, but they come up with just two hits. They go two for 12 with runners in scoring position. Wasn't a great offensive day, seven hits, but you win some games with seven hits. They out-hit Philadelphia 7-6, but uh, the Brewers have been pretty good this year with runners in scoring position. They were not today. They go two for 12. The Phillies go one for four. They came up with some big hits when they put up the two runs in the first and the two runs in the second, and those two runs hold up. Brewers pitching was pretty good, but again, they just couldn't get that uh, that proverbial big hit that we talk about oh so often. Welcome into the program. My name is Matt Paul. Joined by former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine. If you want to join us, you can do so. Multiple ways to get connected with the program. You can call or you can text 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also uh, tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Augie, I kind of said it, so let's go ahead and start with this as we uh, welcome you on to the program. This is one of those games for me, you look at the box score, and the number that really jumps out is that 2-for-12 with runners in scoring position. Yeah, I agree with you, Matt. Uh, It's always a key in in most of the games. They left eight on base. Five of the eight they left on base were really early in the ball game, but it was just one of those games that early in the games it looked like both Velasquez and and Hauser were kind of searching for themselves a little bit that those first two innings, but then really started throwing the ball very well. So really from that that third inning on up until that eighth inning when the Brewers were able to push two runs across, I'll tell you what, the pitching was pretty good. You got to give credit where credit is due, and I thought I thought. Adrian pitched very well with Perdomo and Rasmussen changing him, but Velasquez and and the and the Phillies bullpen really did a nice job tonight, and really a difference in the ball game. But you know you can't take away from this Brewer ball club what they showed in that eighth and ninth inning, eighth inning being able to manufacturing a couple runs, get back in the ball game, and then you see in the ninth inning those good at bats. You're looking at Malley a seven pitch at bat. You're looking at McKinley, uh, McKinney a seven pitch at bat and got a walk, and Wong an eight pitch at bat and got that little base infield base hit. So. Boy, I'll tell you what, this ball club, you go out, you play you play hard each and every out, you go 27 outs, and if some days you're going to win, some days you're going to lose, but I like the way they fought in that ninth inning. Yeah, and, and we'll, we'll spend a lot of time on the show talking about Hauser. I thought he pitched fine. He gave up four runs, but only two were earned. Uh, did not get some help from behind early on, but then once he got through those first two innings, he really locked in, and uh, I have... I, I would argue that Hauser pitched better than maybe the line would show. I agree with you. I, you know, it looked like early in the ball game. Remember last time out, Matt, we talked about Adrian going out and being able to use all his pitches, his good breaking ball and a slider, and really use the changeup effectively. And it looked like the start of the game he was going to try to use 
his whole repertoire, the right from the beginning of the game, and it, I think it got him in a little bit of trouble. He was falling a little bit behind. He made a couple bad pitches. Uh, you look at the hits he gave up, Miller and Riamuto, and uh, uh, in the first inning, and those are balls where the pitches were that were kind of centered. I know Miller hit a hit a changeup, Riamuto got a got a fastball, and uh, it just it's sometimes you make those mistakes, but then I think after that second inning, he really settled down. He really started using that sinker very effectively down his zone along with that breaking ball and I thought he threw the ball well uh, from the for the next four innings yeah I, I agree 100% so another good performance from a Hauser his ERA is at 3.52 he's slotting in he's doing he's keeping the team in the game every fifth day as he goes out there and pitches so I'm pretty happy to see I think Hauser has kind of take to, taken a step forward this year and uh, that is uh, that is something that is uh, certainly notable. So the Brewers come away uh, a little bit short today. They lose uh, 4-3. Augie, this was mentioned a bit. Uh, you look at Hector Neris, the Philadelphia closer. If nothing else, the Brewers force him to throw 40 pitches. So uh, he, this, you know, baseball is the sport where one game rolls into the next game. I don't know when we're going to see Naris again. He might need two days off. So this could end up paying some dividends that they uh, that he had to throw so many pitches tonight. Well, when you think of a positive for the Brewers, Neri's throwing 40 pitches definitely has to be uh, a positive for the Brewers. He is their number one guy in the bullpen. And when you talk about the Philadelphia Phillies, last year they struggled and their struggle was in the bullpen. They just did not have a good bullpen. Hopefully they would, they tried to go out and get some guys who could come in and throw strikes and guys who throw a little bit of velocity. But really, they've really depended late in the ballgame on Aries. He's been their guy. And to have him throw 40 pitches today, you may not be able to see him. You may not see him Wednesday or maybe not until Thursday. That's a, that's a positive for the Brewers late yeah. in the ballgame, no doubt. That's Jerry Augustine. I'm Matt Pauley. Brewers fall short today against the Phillies 4-3. We've got the news in, ten, uh, in two minutes, excuse me, and then we'll be back with the program right after that. It's Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on WTMJ. Swing and a high drive. Center field. Wow. Welcome back, Lorenzo Kane. Up and onto the walkway over the bleachers. Home run number three, I'd say he's willing and able. Wow. Yeah, good to see Lorenzo Kane. Good to see Christian Yelich back in the lineup. Kane with the home run. Yelich had a couple hits today. You hope that that helps the Brewers' offense get going just a little bit more. Uh, the other moves they made, Tyrone Taylor got sent to, uh, it's still technically the alternate training site, but it's the alternate training site until we wake up tomorrow morning. Because, and it's not even, the alternate training site doesn't even exist now. The Timber Rattlers are in Appleton. So, because the minor league season doesn't start until tomorrow, the transaction was technically to the alternate training site. But uh, they're getting sent down to the minors, Keston Hira being the other. We'll talk more about that coming up later on in the program. I'm Matt Pauley, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine, uh, along with me. If you'd like to join the program, you could do so by calling or texting into the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. You can also uh, tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Let's grab our first phone call of the night. We've got Sparky in Madison. Hey, Sparky, you're on WTMJ. Hi, thank you so uh, for taking my call, fellas. Hey, uh, I guess the thing that kind of disturbs me a little bit about tonight's game, and I think it all boils down to analytics because that's the big thing that was analytics. And, you know, there was a time when you had a man on second base with nobody out, you'd try to hit the ball to the right side of the diamond and advance that guy to third base 
Or if you couldn't do that, you'd, you'd try to push a bunt down to get that man there at third base with one out. And, you know, I, I don't know all the dynamics of what analytics tells you, but, you know, if you got a man at third base with one out, you're going to put a lot of pressure on that catcher and the pitcher. Pass ball, wild pitch, the defense, the infielders, you know, they're subject to making an error by putting the ball in play. So, you know, the thing I, I just don't quite understand sometimes is why that doesn't exist now. And I know that, you know, I think Craig Council said on his pregame show yesterday, the guys just can't bunt like they used to. Like when you played, Jerry, all these guys could at least, you know, the Don Moneys and the Paul Molitors and even Cecil Cooper and Robin Young, those guys had the ability to, to adapt, hit the other way, or if bunting was something they needed to do, you did it. So now you got a man on second base with nobody out, and you strike out the next two guys. And uh, I guess my it's just disappointing sometimes to see why the game is played that way. And I guess it all, all boils down to the analytics. And the, the one thing analytics doesn't have is you can't measure a man's heart as to what's going on with that person. So, you know, I just wanted to throw that out to see what you guys might think of that. And uh, maybe at some point in time, uh, I know the game kind of goes in cycles. Maybe there'll be a time when you'll see more hitting and running and, you know, doing things of that thing, nature. So, anyhow, I just wanted to throw that out and see what you guys might have to say, okay? Yes, Marky, I appreciate the phone call and appreciate your thoughts on that. Augie, I thought during that at-bat that Urias was trying to go the other way with it. He had some foul balls that went down the right field line. He does end up striking out in that situation, but I don't know if you agree with me on this, but to me, he's a, he's a pool hitter, and it really felt like to me that he was trying to go the other way, and that's a situation where if you go the other way, you can at least advance that runner over. I agree with you 100%. I, I look like in one of his swings, he really stayed back and tried to hit the ball, hit the ball, fall down in that direction. Uh, I think the one thing that Craig was thinking that way when you, and I understand what Sparky's talking about because old style baseball, you force the runner to third and then you put a lot of pressure, especially from Naris, who throws that split finger a lot in the dirt. But I think what you're looking at here, you're looking at Urias, who really swings the bat well and goes the opposite way well. So when you got a runner in second base, what are you trying to do? You're trying to force the ball to the right side and hopefully maybe even get a base hit there and then the, then the, you've got a, a chance to win the ball game with uh, with a base hit there but uh, I think that's what he was doing I agree with you Matt and uh, I know Sparky was talking about Don Money Don Money could not hit the ball to the to the right side no matter what he just couldn't do it if there's a runner on second base Don Money probably 80% of the time, depending on the situation, would bunt the ball and push it right at the second baseman. That was just his way. And he says, I know I'm supposed to hit the ball that way. I can't, so I have to do the next best thing and bunt. He did not have to have the bunt sign to do it. He just naturally did it. So back in those days, that's that's what guys did. They got the guy over. And I think that's what Urias was trying to do. I agree with you, Matt, 100%. We also got a text message from Mike, who was very frustrated that uh, they did not bunt with Urias in that situation. We talk about bunting a lot on this program, and it's not something that I especially enjoy talking about because I feel like it's... it's just not something you're going to see very much. And Sparky actually alluded to uh, Craig Council's pregame conversation with Uke yesterday when they were talking about Now, this was in the context of the extra innings and the runner being on second to start the inning and why you don't see teams bunting more in that situation. But it's the exact the same, whether it's the runner starting at second or it starts out with a double like Vogelback did today. You have a runner at second and no outs. This is actually what, uh, what Craig Council had to say about bunting in that situation. 
There's been very few situations where I, I think the bunt's been called for. I, I think the bunt is called for a little less in today's game. And, mm -hmm. and one of the reasons is I, I think it's more difficult to bunt in today's game. It, but, but the pitcher's throwing so hard, yeah. I, I think it's made it more difficult to bunt. Now, people can say, oh, you just got to practice it <laughs> and all that. It, the velocity has made bunting yeah. very challenging, in my opinion. Um, and so... Um, the, the, I, I don't think the bunt is guaranteed to be as guaranteed to be as successful because of the velocity. So I think it's a little riskier almost bunting than than swinging the bat at times. So um, I think that's why other managers don't do it as well. And um, and it's also when there's a man on second and you know the other teams start with a man on second is is one run enough sometimes? I think is what you think. You know that that's that's a, that's the other question that you ask yourself. So there it is. There's Augie. I don't have to say anything more, right? We just we would go straight to the manager to find out. But I, I think Craig said it said it properly because number one, it, it's more difficult to bunt in today's ball game. You have guys throwing harder. It's nothing for guys to throw between 95 and 100 nowadays. You see that quite a bit. Not only that, but a lot of pitchers pitch up in the zone. It is extremely difficult to pitch a ball up in the zone that's still in the strike zone and really get to that ball and put it in play. And I, I think that's what Craig was referring to. It's not just that you throw the fastball and if it's down, you can usually put the ball in play. It's a little bit easier. But a lot of pitchers pitch up in the zone, in that strike zone up. Very difficult to get the bat on and put the ball in play. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. That is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Tax Line. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Brewers come up short today. They lose in Philadelphia by a 4-3 score. More in a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley. 3-2 pitch. Line drive left center base hit Christian Yelich. Another rocket off the bat of a Brewers player. Brewers come up short. They lose in Philadelphia in the series opener 4-3, first of four straight games between the Brewers and the Phillies. Welcome back into Brewers Extra Innings. My name is Matt Pauley, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine here as well. If you'd like to join us, you can do so by calling or texting into the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620 855-616-1620 or you can tweet in at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Uh, got a Got a text message, Augie, and I, I feel bad even reading this because I think the person is way off base, but we we take all opinions in here. Um, so uh, it's at, at 8.30, this person, I think this was fairly early, said, uh, at what point do they make Adrian Hauser a reliever? Every time he goes out and starts, it's going to be a loss. He's just not starting pitching material. He's struggling again. A simple lineup with none of their good players in the lineup. And then went on to say, do you see Hauser being pulled from the starting rotation anytime soon as he is one of the highest ERAs on the team among all pitchers and accounts for almost all of the team's losses? Well, that's not true. He's 2-3. and three. And he's got a 3.52 ERA. I think he's pitching great. So I, I, I don't totally understand why somebody I'm, – I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's an all-star, but he's pitching fine, and he's the he, – you put him up against every other third or fourth starting pitcher in the National League, and he's probably going to be in, in the top third. 
I agree with you totally, 100%, Matt. You know, we've talked about this starting rotation, where people fit. And a couple of years ago, remember, Adrian Hauser was in the bullpen, and he kind of found himself because when you come out of the bullpen, you're usually pitching for an inning. You go right after hitters. You go right after what your best stuff. You get through the inning, and, and then that's usually the, the your that time for the game. But I think when you look at Adrian Hauser, and I think you'd agree with me, you look at his overall stuff, that sinking fastball is so good. Tonight, 10 ground balls against right-hand hitters. He's at almost 70% of balls hit are on the ground. Here's a guy who retired 13 in a row tonight, 14 out of the last 15. That's starting material. It just seems like each and every time out so far this year, and I think you may agree with me, Matt, he's gotten a little bit better trying to find himself with all his pitches. I thought tonight he started using the breaking ball and the changeup and the slider a little earlier in the game than he usually does, and it caused him a little bit of problems in the first two innings. But after that, he got that good sinking fastball down, started using all his pitches, and he was very effective. And the Brewers, by the way, just to correct a, a statistical inaccuracy from that text message, in games that Adrian Hauser starts, the Brewers are 3-3. Three and three. The Brewers have 12 losses this year. In no way, shape, or form does he account for almost all of the team's losses. That's in, that is an incorrect statement. I agree with you, and, and, you know, I've been saying I agree with you because I do a lot, Matt, but you know what? You look at Adrian Hauser, his makeup, he has a great makeup for a guy who can come into the ball game and you see these real good pitches come in and they're through five innings, they have 51, 52 pitches. He can be that style of guy because he has such good command of that good sinking fastball to good parts of the plate that get ground balls. Those things are benefits to pitcher and the pitchers, and I think Adrian has that. Uh, got a text message asking about Abisail Garcia getting picked off there in the eighth inning. And, and there's a lot of people who are remembering recently the play where he did not run out uh, the play over at first base and cost the team an out. And I feel like there's kind of a, a negative disposition towards Garcia right now. And, and I'm not I'm not making excuses for, for either of those plays. Uh, I think him not running out that one play was very out of character for him. And it's not something that you see very often. But that being said, him getting picked out picked off in that moment today Augie that was a that was a really bad moment to get picked off it really was, and I, and I think what, what obviously CL was trying to do there is try to see how far he could get off the base. And Neris didn't understand that. Really, Neris has that has a very quick move to first base, and he, he's real accurate with his throws. And I think what what obviously CL was trying to do is just check him out, see if he can get off a little a little bit too much. And what he did is when he got actually the ball was thrown over, he caught caught just a little bit between a little bit leaning towards second base. That was enough to get him called out at at first base. But I do uh, think that that was not a good time to be uh, thrown out, uh, getting picked off the base. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's unfortunate that that play and that running out play kind of have happened in a, a very close proximity to each other because I feel like people have a, uh, a feeling towards Garcia and the kind of ball player he is that is not totally true because that's, uh, both those things are, are out of character, especially especially that one play where he did not uh, run, out the, uh, run out the ball. All right, 4-3, the score. The Brewers lose today to Philadelphia. There were moves made before the game as Christian Yelich and Lorenzo Cain are back. And among the moves with players exiting, Keston Hira being sent down. What does this mean for him and his future with the team? We'll discuss that next. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting into the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. Uh, or you can tweet in at Matt Pauley on air. We're back with more in a moment on WTMJ. 
This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. 2-2 pitch to Remuto. Swing and a high fly. That ball is hammered. And the Phillies are going to have a 2-1 lead as JT Remuto goes second deck. Home run number three for JT. Phillies are on top. Yeah, Brewers took a lead to the uh, the bottom of the first inning, but it did not hold up. Augie, I've got a couple of... There's a guy out there who just finds the most random statistics and oddities from games, <laughs> and I love it. So JT Ramuto, with that home run, he becomes the second Phillies batter ever to hit a lead-flipping home run in the first inning against the Brewers. The other was Scott Rowland against Cal Eldred in July 5th of 1998. How about that for an obscure statistic? Well, I'll tell you what, that's, that is really special, uh, to get that. But you look, you look at Riamuto, he is just uh, such a good ball player. And I'll tell you what, facing, facing, uh, Hauser like he did that time, what you want to do with a guy who sinks the ball, you want him to get the ball up. And I thought that at bat, he did a nice job of making, Adrian, get that ball up. He got a 2-2 fastball, middle plate, hit the ball at the ballpark and gave the Phillies the lead at that time. You want to hear the other, uh, the other obscure statistic from this game? Uh, these are great. I love these things. All right, here we go. Again, this is all from uh, at DA Kern 74. I, I love this guy. Lorenzo Cain, first Brewers batter to strike out to end a road game with the bases loaded and the team down one since Matt Gamble did it against Atlanta in April of 2012. <laughs> I don't know go. where you find these things, but uh, uh, that, that stuff is amazing. Uh, uh, it's just when you when you listen to these things, they do happen to see how far it happened. It's surprising that striking out with the bases loaded to end the ball game really goes back to 2012. That's amazing. Yeah, down one. They had to be down one. But yeah, oh, down first, one. First, oh, I forgot. Down one. Got to be down yep, one. Down one. That's that's a big part of it. Doug is very good with baseball reference, and that's how he's able to find these things. So he's actually I messaged him on Twitter the other day, thanking him for all the obscure statistics. So I hope he finds <laughs> those, are more those are beautiful. Those are beautiful. Let's talk a little bit about Keston Hira because he has been lost at the plate, and I don't say that in a mean way. I just say it in a in a very matter of fact way. Uh, there's there's you know fastballs right down the middle in his hitting zone that he is just whiffing on, and I think something happened in the last week or so where it just felt like okay this is not a guy who's going to be given an opportunity to get better by getting these at bats in the major league level something's got to change and now with the minor league season set to begin tomorrow uh, and we don't know when he's going to report to uh, to AAA for sure he may get a few days off and, and just kind of clear his head. But, Augie, I mean, it was, I, I don't like saying this, but it, it, was, it was really clear and obvious that this guy needed uh, some sort of change and, and things just were not getting better. You know, we've been talking about this with Kesson the last couple of weeks and, you know, how long the Brewers are going to gonna keep him in the lineup and how they're going to work him out, why are they going to try different things. And, and I'm sure that, that they have tried everything with him. And he's just in one of those times right now where I agree with you, he's swinging, he's swinging a lot of pitches right down the middle of swinging and missing them. But he's also, he's getting pitched on some very tough pitches. They're making some good pitches on him. But he's also uh, giving way to pitches off the plate, uh, like the slide 
batters are down in a way, and then he gets a fastball up and in, he's not able to handle it. I think at times as a hitter, you've got to give up one side of the plate and handle that in order to be a better hitter. And I think what Keston is right now is Davis just been moving a ball around on him, and he just can't get up there and get that comfort, get in that comfort zone. He is a good hitter. He's going to be a good hitter. It's just going to take some time to get his focus back on having good at-bats, being comfortable, slowing the game down, and look going up and looking for the pitches that he needs to. I, I think he'll be back and he'll be fine, but there are times when you get in a rut, and we, we see and we saw it by the MVP last year. These things happen, and you've got to figure out a way to get him. And right now, the best thing would be is just let him go down, let him get a lot of at-bats where there's no pressure, and hopefully he can come out of it. Yeah, the Brewers still believe in him as being their everyday first baseman. And once they feel that he's gotten it right at AAA, he's going to be right back with this big league club. They they made these moves in the offseason, going and uh, acquiring you know Colton Wong to take over at second base and not really addressing much at first base. They made those moves with the, with the belief that Hero was going to be the guy at first base. And Augie, I don't. I don't think they've moved off that at all. I, st- I still think they fully believe that, even though it's been such a tough first month of the season for him. Yeah, and he went over to first base. I, you have to like what he did when asked to go over to first base when he picked up Colt Wong, a Gold Glove second baseman, to get him in a position where he can stay in the ball game. He just he welcomed the challenge. He went over there. I think he's done a nice job at first base. There's a couple plays that are in between that are tough for any first baseman, but to keep his bat in the lineup was the was the primary thing reason why you put him over there. I think the defensive part he's going to get better at at first base. No question. I think think he's going to get better and that's going to help him for any other position you play it's just that every once in a while you get in that rut it just seems like to me he would take fastballs or even sliders away and you'd be able to drive him to right field a lot seems like he's pulling off the ball a little bit to sliders away and then once he they think he get they think slider away they're really going inside and making good pitches on him and he's just not able to adapt to both so but i think going to triple a getting some good at bats Playing every day, I think it's going to make a it's going to make a big difference, and he is definitely in their plans to be their first baseman. I do have to wonder, and and I he he's hit at every level he's ever played, and people remember obviously when he came up in 2019 and he appeared in 84 games with the Brewers. That year he hit uh, 303 with 19 home runs and 49 RBIs and 314 at bats. That was that was and he had an OPS at 938 that year. That was. That was fantastic. Augie, this, this slump he's in right now, though, it is not just a one-month slump because you go back to last year, and I know you take everything that happened last year with a bit of a grain of salt, but when something from last year kind of continues into this year, it almost makes what happened last year a little bit more real. Last year he hits 212, appearing in 59 games, and he slumped down the final month or so of that season. So he hits 212 last season. He's hitting a buck 50 right now. There, there's clearly some issues that he needs to be able to work through, and it's not just about a slow start to this season. It goes back to last year as well. And it does, and, and I think when you when you when you take a a major league baseball player and you struggle like there was last year, and I and you can't last year was just 
anomaly. You, you just don't have years like that. And the pandemic caused all that stuff. But with Kesson struggling last year and then coming into this year and having not success that he wanted to have early in the season, although I thought he swung the bat very well in spring training, starting the start of the season, not swinging the bat way he wanted to, I think starts working on the mental part of it. And I think that when you send him down to AAA, it's not just to get the mechanics right in your swing. It's not just going to the plate and picking out pitches and having good at bat against pitches. It's about going up there with that mental attitude that you understand that you got to sit back, let the ball come to you, and then put good swings on it. And I think they all combine together, and I think going to AAA is really going to help him. His last four months of baseball, uh, July of last year, there was only a handful of games that were played in July, but his July last year he hit 261. In August of last year, he hit 222. In September of last year, he hit 186. And now to start the first month of this year, he's at 152. That's three straight months where his batting average has gone in the wrong direction. Yeah, and they have to correct it. And I, I think this is a, a good move for Keston. You never want to be sent down. You never want to leave the major league level. But when you ha- when you have the opportunities and the and the versatility that this ball club does, it allows you to go send Keston down to get right. Because when you get into June and you get into July and you get into August, you're going to need Keston here. And if you can get him back on track, he's going to be a big part of this offense. Brewers lose to the Phillies by a 4-3 score. We will hear the post-game comments of uh, manager Craig Council. We'll do that coming up in just a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Hauser ready in his 0-2. Chopper hit towards first. Vogelback has it. Thought about throwing home. Instead goes to first, and they get the out there. Quinn comes in and scores. And it's 4-1. to RBI ground out by Vince Velasquez. Put the ball in play. Good things happen. That was the last of the scoring for the Phillies. The Brewers would get two more runs, but they would need at least three more. They lose by a 4-3 score. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Want to join us? You can do so. 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. The Yankee Net Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet in at Matt Pauley on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Brewers manager Craig Council meeting with the media just a little while ago. So the Brewers scored one run in the top of the first. Then Philly got a couple runs in the first and the second and it was a four to one game it would stay that way all the way until the eighth the brewers would score two runs in the eighth inning and they would make some noise in the ninth although they would not get a run across to uh, at least tie it that being said uh, council was uh, pretty happy with his teams uh, at bats during those final two innings yeah we, i mean we had you know nice great abs the eighth and the ninth made made um, both pitchers work very hard uh, the way you want it um and try to do have at bats like that at the end of games every night, and good things will happen. Craig, um, Adrian really kicked it into gear those last three or four innings. He was cruising; looked like he was making his pitches. Uh, you know that helped keep the game, you know, tight as well. Yeah, he, Adrian pitched well. You know, he made a mistake to Ramuto a bad pitch, and, and a good hitter made him pay. And then, um. You know, a little bit of defensive mistake got him a run, um, but he locked it in after that. And I was proud of him for just bearing down and throwing up four scoreless innings. Um, you know that that's that's where Adrian has gotten better this year, in my eyes, um, is just keeping it locked in after something goes wrong. He's he's 
he did a great job with tonight. It was a great example of it tonight. Was it good to see, you know, Lowe and Christian have, you know, the homer and the hit in their first at-bats and just have the night that they did? Yeah, I thought they they had great at-bats, um, you know, with like we talked about before, not a lot going on beforehand going into the games, and they I thought they both did really, did really well. I mean, I think, you know, Lowe said that's probably the farthest ball he's ever hit, you know, you know that, and I, that, that ball was real. That ball was hit for sure. So, um, yeah, it was a good night for him. What's that? Craig, from time to time, Urias does get under his throws, you know, and they sail on him a little bit. Um, is that just something he needs to work on? Is you know, is it? He made a bad throw. I mean, he made, made a bad throw. Not, I mean, there's nothing else to say. It was it was a routine play. He made a bad throw. Craig, the other mistake that hurt you was Avi getting picked off. Did he say anything about? Uh... Well, we were running there, and we wanted to run because Nearest is is. I mean, he's tough to get hits against, and he's and he's slow to the plate. So we were taking a chance there, and we got picked off. Craig, I think you guys made him throw like forty pitches though by putting graded bats on him. Is that something that possibly could benefit you as this series goes on? Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, I would guess it rules him out for tomorrow. Um, and I mean, forty pitches is, is a tough night. So it's you know we we. We did our jobs, you know. We did a nice job against them. We made it tough, and we were one, one swing away and one ball, you know, um, from 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 taking the lead. Really, so you make it tough on them. I think that's what good teams do, even in, in losses. Sometimes you make it tough on the other team, and you make them grind out their wins, um, especially the first game of a four-game series like this. So, um, you know, that's you take a little bit of that's kind of what you have to use as uh as a positive and hopefully you take a look in the, in the days forward are you seeing perdomo settle in with his innings yeah i mean he had a nice inning um you know again a good spot for him i think uh kind of lined up good for him so i, I think perdomo, perdomo and drew are you know their their job right there is to give us a chance for that ninth inning to happen and for that day thing to happen and they they were able to do that. Um, that those are innings that are important innings and you do that enough you want come back and win one of those games and and then you you give the other guys a little break. You know it's kind of interesting because if you're gonna lose a one run game more often than not, you are going to utilize some of your high-leverage resources inside of that game when it comes to bullpen usage. And Angel Perdomo and Drew Rasmussen, they've been pitching pretty well recently, and they're doing their jobs, and that's who Craig Council was just talking about. But for the Brewers to lose a one-run game and not use Josh Hader, not use Devin Williams, not use J.P. Fireyes, and not use Brad Boxberger, uh, that, that that's not going to happen very often. So it, it sets them up moving forward. Now, clearly, you'd rather win the game and use those guys than lose the game and not use those guys. The Phillies are not walking out of the ballpark tonight going, oh, man, I wish uh, I, I would trade this win for Hector Neris not throwing 40 pitches, right? Like, But at, the game's over. So now that the game's over, you start evaluating how this game today impacts tomorrow 
And in a way, there is certainly a uh, an advantage for the Brewers in the bullpen. Naris is not going to be used tomorrow. He's not going to be used probably for a couple days. Hasn't thrown 40 pitches in an outing uh, in, in a number of years. Another one of their high-leverage guys in Alvarado. He's got one more day left on his suspension. So just if the Brewers can get a lead tomorrow, if they can do what they need to do to be in front, their bullpen is going to be much better positioned uh, than the Phillies' bullpen would be for tomorrow. And that stuff matters. Maybe it's not going to matter tomorrow, but you have enough moments like that over a 162-game season, and those moments are eventually going to favor you, and they're going to help you pick up wins. That's how you win. That's how you string together extended success over a course of a 162-game season. It's those small things that do end up mattering, and they don't matter every time, but they matter sometimes, and uh, that's, that's, that's the important part. 4-3, Brewers lose to uh, Philadelphia. How did this whole thing go down? We'll tell you what the highlights. That's next. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight highlights. Here's Matt Foley. 4-3, the Brewers lose to the Phillies starting pitching matchup today. The Brewers have Adrian Hauser on the mound, Vince Velasquez getting the start for the Phillies, and it would be the Brewers who would strike first before the game. Lorenzo Cain and Christian Yelich activated off the injured list. That would pay dividends right away. One out, top of the first, Lorenzo Cain at the plate. Swing and a high drive, center field. Wow, welcome back, Lorenzo Cain. Up and onto the walkway over the bleachers. Home run number three. I'd say he's willing and able. Wow. Yeah, left the bat at 108 miles per hour. Traveled uh, 446 feet. That was quite the home run. Uh, Kane saying that was uh, about as hard of a hit home run as he has ever had in his career. So Brewers jump out to a one nothing lead. Next hitter is Christian Yelich. 3-2 pitch. Line drive left center base hit Christian Yelich. Another rocket off the bat of a Brewers player. Yeah, so it looked like the Brewers might really have something going there in the first inning. Travis Shaw would walk, so runners on at first and second. Just one out in the inning, but if Isael Garcia would strike out Daniel Vogelback, he would pop out and the Brewers would have to uh, settle for the one run in the top of the first. Bottom of the first, Phillies would take the lead with one out. Former Brewer Brad Miller gets a base hit. That brings up JT Ramuto. 2-2 pitch. To Remuto, swing and a high fly. That ball is hammered, and the Phillies are going to have a 2-1 lead as JT Remuto goes second deck. Home run number three for JT. Phillies are on top. They would add to that lead one inning later in the second. Uh, Odubel Herrera would reach with one out on a throwing air by Luis Urias. That would uh, that would hurt. He would get all the way to a second, and that would bring up Roman Quinn. 2-1 pitch. Swing and a fly ball. Left center field. Well struck. Kane back. Yelich back. It's over both of their heads and up against the wall. Odubel Herrera is going to come in and score. Quinn is moving towards third, and he is in with an RBI triple. 
Vince Velasquez would add an RBI ground out to score Quinn, and the Phillies would take a 4-1 lead. That would be it against Adrian Hauser. He would really lock in after that moment. Uh, those runs, uh, of the two runs, one was unearned there against uh, Hauser, and uh, he would end up throwing six innings in this contest. Final line on Hauser, he goes six, four runs, two earned on four hits, two strikeouts, one walk. I want to double check that. Yeah, two earned is what they're saying uh, on the uh, on on his final line. So pretty good day overall for Hauser, especially when he was able to uh, lock in after those first couple innings. Vince Velasquez he went six innings as well. He gives up just the one run on four hits, six strikeouts, and two walks. First team uh, to the bullpen is the uh, Phillies in the Brewers' half of the seventh. That's when Sam Coonrod would come in. He would uh, put up a zero in the top of the seventh. Bottom of the seventh, Angel Perdomo would come on. He would allow a couple of base runners, but no runs would score. So it remains a 4-1 to one game as we move along to the eighth. That's when the Brewers would start making a little bit of noise. New pitcher into the game for the Phillies, that would be Connor Brogdon. First battery faces, Colton Wong, he walks. Then Lorenzo Kane walks. So runners on at first and second for Christian Yelich. Swing a ground ball towards the middle. It eats up the shortstop, Gregorius. No play anywhere. Base is loaded. They rule it a base hit for Yelich. Base is loaded for Travis Shaw. Swing and a fly ball hit to center. Quinn back, nearing the warning track, makes the catch. Tagging and scoring is Colton Wong moving to third. Is Lorenzo Kane? It's a 4-2 game on a sacrifice fly by Travis Shaw. And that would bring on Hector Neris. They're going to ask him to try to get a, a five-out save. First battery faces is Avisael Garcia. Swing and a bouncer hit towards short. Could be two. Gregorius the second one. On to first. Not in time. Garcia beats it out. Brewers get a run. It's 4-3. Garcia would end up uh, being picked off of first base, and that's uh, so just the two runs would score there in the eighth, but the Brewers get within one and four three. Drew Rasmussen would come in to pitch the bottom of the eighth inning, gives up a hit, nothing more in the Brewers' ninth. They start making a little bit more noise against Hector Neris. It all starts with Daniel Vogelback. Swing a line, drive down the left field line, slicing away from McCutcheon. It's down a base hit. Vogelback will be in the second base with a two-strike double to lead off the ninth for the Brewers. Was a really good at bat from Vogelback. That's going to be a trend here in the ninth inning. Uh, he would be replaced on the bases by Pablo Reyes, giving the Brewers a little bit more speed. That would bring up Luis Arias. He would strike out swinging, and then Luke Maley would strike out swinging as well. So very quickly, two outs, and Vogelback still standing out there at second. Billy McKinney would then come up as a pinch hitter. He had a fantastic at bat. He was able to work a walk. Colton Wong then comes up to the plate. He also has a fantastic at bat, and it finishes off with a hit. The pitch. Swing and a tapper. Hit towards the mound. Here comes Gregorius. Throw to first. No play. It's a base hit for Colton Wong. Just a little chopper right over the mound. D.D. Gregorius right in front of the second base bag. Instead of delivering a throw to first base, just put it in his back pocket. Yeah, so Reyes at third, McKinney at second, Wong at first. The bases are loaded, and it is a one-run game, and it brings up Lorenzo Kane. He quickly got down 0-2, tried to battle, but could not battle all the way. Here it comes. Check swing. He went around on the splitter, and the ball game is over. 
Brewers had a lot of fight, had the bases loaded in the top of the ninth inning. But in the end, Hector Neris closes it out for Philadelphia. Final score, Phillies 4 and the Brewers 3. With the win, the Phillies go to 14-15. and 15. They're within a half game of first place in the National League East. Brewers drop to 17-12. and 12. They are now tied for first place with the Cardinals. So the Cardinals have won out five straight games, and the Cardinals have been able to catch the Brewers. Winning totals for the Phillies, four runs, six hits, no errors. They leave four for the Brewers, three runs, seven hits, one error. They end up leaving eight. Winning pitcher Velasquez, he is 1-0. Hauser takes the loss. He drops to 2-3. Hector Neris, his sixth save of the year. Home runs, JT Ramuto. He hits his third of the season for the Brewers. Lorenzo Kane, he hits his third of the season. The game lasting three hours and 18 minutes, played in front of a crowd of 10,651 folks at Citizens Bank Park. Brewers fall short against the Phillies. Final score, 4-3. When we come back, we'll go around the National League Central, and we'll get you set for game two of this four-game series coming up tomorrow night. Brewers lose by a 4-3 score. Back with more in a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2, Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studio. This is News Radio WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Brewers lose to the Phillies 4-3, game one of a four-game series. Back at tomorrow evening, another 6.05 first pitch. That means uh, coverage begins at 5.30. Thought there was going to be a rain delay in this one tonight. We were ready. We were ready to do our uh, our tap dance, our rain delay theater. We were ready to go, and uh, it never happened. And that's me knocking on wood, if you can hear that in the background. I am knocking on wood that, again, tomorrow, that they are able to avoid rain because the forecast for tomorrow looks very similar to the forecast for tonight. There were a couple moments in that game where it looked like they were very close, very close to putting the tarp on the field, but they didn't. God bless those umpires. Who who were the umpires tonight? Uh, Hunter Windelstadt, Dan Mrazell, Marvin Hudson, Quinn Wolcott. Nice job getting the game in and not putting uh, the tarp on the field. I commend you, fellas. All right, here's what uh, happened across the National League Central this evening. Cardinals win again. They knock off the Mets by a 6-5 score. Adam Wainwright, who uh, who woke up this morning on the COVID-19 injured list without ever testing positive for COVID-19, was activated prior to the game. Five and two-thirds innings, five runs on seven hits, but he gets the win. He's been pitching really good recently, and he hasn't been getting wins, and now he gives up five runs in five and two-thirds innings, and he gets the win. That's the way uh, baseball is. Nolan Arnato already with his uh, fifth home run of the year for the Cardinals. Harrison Bader hit his uh, second in as many days, and the Cardinals uh, get the win. Their fifth in a row. The Pirates and the Padres are playing right now in San Diego. This game is in the bottom of the sixth inning, one out. They are currently scoreless. Uh, Tyler Anderson getting the start today for the uh, Buckos, and uh, he so far has gone five and a third without giving up a hit. Three strikeouts, two walks, no hitter watch uh, on in uh, in San Diego with the uh, Pirates. So we'll see if anything happens with that. One postponement, Dodgers and Cubs, they were scheduled to play at Wrigley this evening, and that game did not happen. So here's what the standings look like right now in the National League Central. The Cardinals on the five-game winning streak and 8-2 and two in their last ten. They have caught the Brewers as each team sitting with a record of 17-12. and 12. Brewers have the uh, tiebreaker at this point. 
having uh, taken a series from St. Louis. The Reds are now three games back of the Brewers and Cardinals. The Pirates are four games back, so they'll either be three and a half or four and a half, depending on what happens with their game against the Padres. And then the Cubs, they are in last place in the NL Central at 12 and 16. They are sitting four and a half games back. Fantastic news. Tomorrow, the minor league season, it gets underway. After having no minor league season last year, uh, I'm just so happy for so many people. I'm happy for the players and the coaches and the managers and everybody uh, that gets to be back playing baseball. Just a year of development was basically put on pause for so many individuals last year. But then for the uh, for the new for the teams and the the front office staff members and 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 people who make their living and these communities who really rely on these teams, it is so good to have minor league baseball back. Uh, the Brewers are back at uh, Nashville for their AAA uh, affiliate. They are going to open up their season tomorrow playing against Toledo. Their AA team is still in Biloxi. They open up their season on the road tomorrow as they will play in Birmingham. The Wisconsin Timber Rattlers are now their high A team. Uh, Wisconsin and Carolina flipped what was previously known as the Midwest League. Uh, is now a, uh, It's now a high A league. So uh, Wisconsin is going to open up their season at home tomorrow against Beloit and that's going to be the uh, start of their season and then Carolina is now the low A team for the Brewers and uh, they are going to open up their season tomorrow as they will be at home against Fayetteville but very happy to be able to tell you that we're going to be talking uh, Brewers minor league affiliates here as we uh, wrap up shows and uh, give you scores from across the uh, minor leagues that is good news that things are going to get going coming up tomorrow also coming up tomorrow game two of this four game series between the Brewers and the Phillies for the Brewers, there'll be left-handed pitcher, uh, excuse me, yeah, left-handed pitcher Eric Lauer on the mound. He is 1-0. He did not give up any runs in his first start of the year. Aaron Nola is going to get the start for the Phillies. The right-hander 2-1 with a 3.11 ERA. 6.05 first pitch. That means coverage starts at 5.30. I'll talk to you after the game with Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ.